Previously on Dial M for Magic, we met our heroes as they went about their lives, but something was amiss. Strangers from the Abbey appeared at the Blue Leaf Apartments, and Ernest asked some of our heroes to hold on to some peculiar items. Then, in the dead of night, a scream rang out. Our heroes ran into the gnome's apartment only to see Mabel dead on the floor and Ernest gravely injured. After a scuffle, Vincent D'Onofrio, Herman's alter ego, decided to take matters into his own hands and threw the intruder out the window. What are these strange items Ernest gave our heroes? Who are these strangers from the Abbey? And where exactly is Treble taking the group? Tune in to today's episode of Dialem for Magic to find out. the middle of the night and there's a light drizzle coming down and you are just outside the blue leaf apartments herman i believe you were currently carrying Ernest over your shoulder so you've got him in tow and that is what's happening so what do you guys do so last episode i threw someone out of a window where are we in relation to that body on the ground are we on the other side of the building or are we on the same side so they were on a corner. It's not quite the same side, but you threw it off in a way where you'd be able to see it. Like, you went down a fire escape and it would be, like, 15 feet to your right. Does it look super dead? E- yes. Like, we we now committed a murder as well? As near as you can tell. Uh, I mean, you can certainly examine the body, but from your vantage point, it looks it looks murdered. It looks dead. I did my best to make it not be dead. I did my very best. You gave it a good try, but Vincent D'Onofrio does what Vincent D'Onofrio wants. <laughs> oh, I forgot that his name was Vincent ah, yes. D'Onofrio. <laughs> oh, boy. So we're climbing down the uh, fire escape, right? Uh, that's correct, yeah. Yes, and I am in my nightdress with a robe on top, no shoes. And I'm rocking it shirtless like Herman does. But Herman doesn't mind. He, he's immune to the cold being part Goliath. Dribble's mm, the only true. one who looks, like, actually semi-normal right now. Like, he, he just came from work, so oh, he, he's just, he's got a, all of his black attire on, but he does not have his longsword, which is um, making him feel mighty uncomfortable at the moment. I mean, I don't think Red is in pajamas either, because I don't think he owns pajamas, but... Is Red just a guy who sleeps in his boxers and a t-shirt kind of thing, or, like, underwear You know what? Yeah, I think that's probably what he's wearing. So, yeah, I guess he's not normal looking. They're like smiley, but what's on the boxers? Uh, they're MeUndies. <laughs> they're MeUndies? <laughs> so hit us up, MeUndies. <laughs> Please. Like every other podcast you sponsor. Hit us up, I actually do wear those. I do too, they're amazing. Okay, this is free advertising, we can't do it anymore. <laughs> We're done. Yeah, we should cut all of this, they haven't sponsored us yet, no MeUndies. Listen, me undies. <laughs> this is your one and only free. <laughs> one free. If our appetite. demands aren't met, we will continue to produce this podcast. <laughs> and hopefully, NordVPN will pick us up. Oh God. <laughs> or Blue Apron. Hello Fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Casper mattresses. We're ready. 
Okay, so we're going down the uh, the fire escape, and Herman notices the body in the street. Oh my god, did you guys see there's a dead body in the street? <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> Herman, you, you threw that body out the window when I told you to just put it down, and um, maybe we should not kill a, a person when there was already a person dead there, but that's just what has happened now, so we should probably go the opposite way of the body. I'm, I'm just saying. Oh my saying. god, I killed somebody again. Listen to me, Herman. Death is only part of life. He died, others live. We make sure that that we all live now. Okay, you take us to the safe house now and we can talk about the other person you've accidentally killed previously. Oh, God, it's a long story. I, don't, I, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll have to tell you guys now because I... No, you I don't. No, 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 no. We need to I, go I, and hide. I think we should just... I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. Kitty or red roll perception. Oh, I'm good at those. Um, I'm going to let Kitty do that. She's better at that. Oh, but not when I roll a three. Oh, no. Uh, seven. Is that an or or an and? Like, should I also roll or not? You could also roll. <laughs> yeah, why yeah. don't you also look around? <laughs> just because try I'm it. freaking the fuck see. out. I, I know what I see. I just want to make sure that you see what I see. <laughs> uh, that's a 15? You hear in the distance the sound of a siren. Folks, we gotta get out of here real fast. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, terrible, whatever your name was. You said you had some place to go. Treble. Uh, uh, what? I thought your name was Carl. What? Your name's not Carl? Go, go. Where we can you discuss all of this later. Please, please, please. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Fair so, enough. Uh, Treble, okay. Treble will kind of move his way to the front of the group and uh, work his way down. Base is already down at the like at the bottom of the stairwell and he's also like always been my lookout so he kind of he's he's got better perception than i do so he just looks out for me so we get to the bottom and then i will take them the back way that i usually go like through the cemetery to get to the night owl and i'm gonna take them there you know you guys if we're gonna do a bunch of running we should probably stretch first we don't want to pull a hammy The party stealthily crept their way through the night, a million questions burning in their heads. Who is Mr. Hicks? Who shot Ernest? Why does the government need skilled ocean tradesmen? What is in the red lacquered box? Can lists of questions end rhetorically? All these and more floated through their heads like so many slightly deflated party balloons. Eventually they make their way into the night owl, Awakening a very confused bartender. Hey, Treble, uh, what are you doing here? I need place to hide. Uh, the, the usual, you know. Are you telling me you need the space? Yes. Just uh, one more time, if I could. Well, all right then. Come on in. Talon opens the door for you and kind of gestures you into the back room that you're familiar with. Thanks very much. We, we'll clean up after ourselves. Yeah, we're, we're very sorry. I, I'm sorry about uh, my appearance. Um, if we could just, um, uh, we'll be back here. Thank you. Do you have any extra shirts lying around? Like an extra, extra large? Um, I'll see. We might have a towel that'll fit you. Or perhaps a large piece of canvas. That's, that's okay. That sounds very itchy. I'll, I'll pass, <laughs> but I appreciate the offer. Sure thing. So this is the place that um, I've... I've hid here multiple times before. I mean, I, in the previous episode, I mentioned that I have been arrested a dozen times. But I come here if I need to hide out from the cops, and it's just uh, 
the the green room of the night owl. How do the cops not know about that? Yeah, don't you work here? They're very dumb cops. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of a I mean, this place isn't very busy to begin with, so it's not a lot of people know about it. It's very off the beaten track. I work all around town. This is the one place that I don't really let people know that I work here. It's kind of just my own secret. Yeah, the co- the cops are run by Chief Wiggum. Yeah, no, this is his hipster place. Like, this is the place that, like, he knew before anybody else has known about, you know? Like, oh, the Night Owl, you haven't heard of it? It's his biggest fear that someday it will turn into, the Night Owl will turn into, like, a chain restaurant. Like a chain, this is like a whole chain bar where it becomes like really popular. <laughs> That's just like his biggest fear in life. All the waitresses wear short shirts and are Aarakocra uh, owl people. So it's just going to go from a speakeasy to an Applebee's? Is that? <laughs> I think she was going Hooters. What kind of Applebee's are you visiting? It'll become a Bugbear Wild Wings. <laughs> there you go. Nice. <laughs> So bad. Anyway, we're hiding in a green room. On the walls, there are a number of posters that are like several years out of date, advertising various acts, like showbiz acts, and also several restaurants in the area. There's like a stack of those chairs that are, they're always at every restaurant you go to in the back and nobody's using them, like really shitty chairs. There's a wooden table with several pots of paint on it. And you can see that somebody had tried and failed to paint a banner. It's like, it says happy birthday, but it's misspelled and then crossed out, misspelled again, and then nothing. You also see several large, apparently empty barrels marked with several flavors of local beer. So it seems to be like a combination green room slash place for all of the junk we couldn't put anywhere else. Okay, so Trevor will go over and find like the... Uh, so there's not like a I, there's not like a bed or a cot or anything. There's there's like a mattress on the ground, but not like a full bed or a full cot. Okay, so Treble will go and grab uh, one of the blankets and then just kind of put that on the bed and then gesture to for um for Herman to put Ernest on on the mattress. Oh yeah, we should be asking her Ernest if he's okay. Yeah, but can we do like a medicine check to make sure he's not dead too? You, no. He's not uh, dead. Yes, yes, you I can. Saved him. Thank you very much. He's stable at zero. <gasps> and I rolled a natural twenty medicine check, so twenty-two. Okay, so he's unconscious, but he appears to be stable. His breathing is a little ragged, but he does appear to be stable. Uh, but definitely is out cold. So when when I notice that he's stable, I turn and I look at Kitty and I say, "What happened to him?" Uh, which one? To Ernest? Um. Well, there was a man. The one unconscious. Yeah. That well, I, w- I wasn't sure if you were asking about the dead body that was in the alley as well, because that was that also seemed to be a male like individual. Anyway, Ernest. Um. Well. Uh. uh well. Um. It it looked. There was a man in the apartment, and the man that is now dead in the alley, um, and he seemed to be attacking him, and so we heard a scream, and his wife was dead on the ground, and we couldn't do anything to help her, and so I might have um, uh, tried to get the man to turn around, and I might have scratched him down the back very badly, um, but Ernest, Ernest seemed to be okay. Um, Red seemed to stabilize them. Also, I have these, and she reached down into her shirt. 
um, in her bra, and she pulls out a leather notebook, um, the silver talisman, the fancy pen, and a map of the area that she took from the guy's coat that she ripped off his body. <laughs> when you reach into your bra, uh, Herman nervously looks away. She doesn't even pay attention. She's just like, um, and this, and she'll like, it just, they had, they had, they had, um, um, they had threatened, um, Ernest earlier. We had heard him, um, being threatened and he had come and, uh, he brought me a box earlier, um, a red box that is now hidden in my apartment, which we should probably go back to our apartments at some point in time because that's where all my clothes are and everything I own and, um, you know, things like that. And this box that we probably need to get out of there. Um. Oh yeah, he gave me a purple book too. I, I, I wonder what's going on with that book. Huh. A purple book. So the guy, the guy that, that died, he was, he was the one that, that hurt them. The guy that I threw out the window, the guy that I killed. He was, he was a bad, he was a bad person. Uh, 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 yes. Uh, we, we tried to not get you to throw him out the window just so that we didn't, you know, weren't also accessories to a murder. Um, but, uh, you seemed very upset, so we couldn't really argue. And so ultimately you did do good. We also now are accessories to murder. If you killed the person who was the only witness to the crime, then technically you have no connection to the crime. I guess that's that's one way to look at it. Um, so, but I mean, if he's a bad person, does that, that means I'm not a bad person, right? If I kill a bad person, that kind of it's like a wash. It kind of evens it yeah, out you, a little bit. You've instant karma. You've you've righted wrongs in the world, so you're good. Oh, okay, that makes me feel a little better. Also, I just, I gotta get this off my chest. I have a split personality. He's, he goes by Vincent D'Onofrio. No impulse control. He's very violent. Uh, let me guess, when he threw him out the window, did he say some crappy one-liner? Probably a pun that wasn't actually a pun. Uh, you know, I was a little, um, yeah. maybe. I, I, I was more worried about the whole murder situation. It was an all right pun. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, everybody. He's <laughs> such a douchebag. I I apologize. How did you learn his name was Vincent D'Onofrio? I was. I've been told by my parents when Vincent came out with around my parents, they 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 warned me about him. Did they name him Vincent D'Onofrio? He named himself Vincent D'Onofrio. Apparently, <laughs> that's a baller move right there. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, do we need to uh, cover cover our tracks? Or I, I mean, I know uh, we did run on pavement, so maybe not so much uh, literal tracks. But uh, it, are there some kind of fingerprints left at the scene, or or anything? Well, um, I, I mean, I'm I'm sure there are, but we also lived there, so that that's not a problem. It's it's more of when we were there, I remember seeing a, a hole in, in the window, like maybe a, a, a gunshot or, or something. Maybe that is what got... Did any of you use magic? No. No, sir. I did stabilize this man using uh, the forest technology. Did any of you use magic? I don't have the ability to use magic, so no. I just used my claws. And she, like, just, like, flexes her hands and... I'm looking directly at Red. <laughs> Just directly at Red. Red goes, uh, at the forest technologies. So magic. Okay. Uh, it's alright, I use magic too, but they will probably be able to sense that. So, wherever we were at, it's probably not a good idea that we go back for some time. We, we can't just not go back. We also have 
jobs and lives that we can't just you can't just disappear from the world that's that's i mean that might work for you mr terrible but that does not work for me uh, what if miss katrina goes back and and gets her things because she doesn't have any magic at all well Her- herman do you have magic i mean there there's no reason for you to i mean it seems like mr d'onofrio doesn't also have magic it seems like it's just a an issue between the two of you um, but not a magical one. Okay, I have to come clean here. Uh, what is magic? Is that like <laughs> magnets? I've, I don't... You guys keep saying magic. I don't... I've never seen or used magic. Okay, so, uh, Treble is gonna look at Herman, is gonna cast a minor illusion, and is going to, like, have his voice sound like it's coming from over Herman's shoulder, and... He's going to say, this is what magic is. Oh, God. Who said that? There's so- there's somebody else in here, you guys. No. What's going on? Did you guys hear that? There's someone. I don't. It's, it's okay, Herman. It was me. That, that was, was me using magic on you. It's something that is very illegal in this country, and you're not supposed illegal, to be doing it. Illegal, not illegal. Depends on who you Do talk Do you have to. a license? Well, I mean, no. Illegal. So magic, if I get this correct, magic is, um, what's the word? Ventriloc- ventrilo- He just is a a person who uses magic of, of, it seems like of the charismatic nature of, of, of songs and things like that, performance style. It's, it's not ventriloquism, it's just a thing that people can do that is illegal in this country. And, and sometimes you you can use it just to help somebody just a little bit to keep them from dying and, and nothing else. I can do more than that. I can open doors. I can... I mean, I can open doors. <laughs> Does that make me magic? <laughs> do you have anything, like, can you make magic sparkles or something like that that shows that it's not just you throwing your voice somewhere? I open up my hand and out of my palm is erupting little fireworks. Or like exploding. Um, so, uh, Carl made a good point. Nobody saw us kill the, the, the person, right? What? Who? What? Carl. You, I, I mean, Carl. I, I, I saw it. Carl? Oh, sorry. Trevor. No, no one, no one at the building, I don't think, um, saw us in the apartment or, um, leaving the scene anyway, I don't think. Okay, well, we could probably go back, right? I mean, if nobody knows it was us, we can go back and get our stuff. I don't need any stuff. I, all I'm missing is my pants, and and uh, I can, I can get by without pants. I mean, I'm gonna need a protein <laughs> bar here pretty soon. I gotta eat every two hours, otherwise. How how do you sleep? He might waste away into you know less muscle. <laughs> than he Very strict eats. diet regimen. It's called paleo. I pay this guy named Leo, and he tells me <laughs> how often to eat and what I should eat. So I really gotta stay on top of that regimen. <laughs> Sir, the door. See yourself out of it. (laughs) Can I minor illusion pants onto red? Is that that within the realms of my minor illusion abilities? (laughs) Will you allow me to like put some like red cargo pants on red? It'll only last for a minute. Of all the pants, he went with cargo. For one minute, I'll have sorry, some Red. pants. Yeah. It's okay, I can get by I really... with these boxers that uh, have little watermelons on them and that are from a uh, unspecified 
nail delivery service, service for <laughs> underwear. That could be you. Or is it one of those like underwears that has like the little pouch that you can put your package in to like, help like cradle it? Uh, no. Well, I, Red does not have a package. He is trans. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but if he wanted to put a package, if he wanted to put a package there, he could. But he chooses an actual not to. package. Red can be smuggling as many many budgies as he wishes. <laughs> This is where I keep my edibles. <laughs> this is where I keep my loose change. That's what that is. What that's for. Well, okay. So I cannot really go back because I kind of put two people to sleep. Um, so I kind of use magic against them, and they kind of I think were with the guy who's now dead. So I can't go back. So whoever goes back, if you could just get my sword, that. What accent am I using right now? I don't know. For fuck's sake! I'm glad it's not just me. I kept forgetting to do Herman voices. I, I didn't. I didn't want to say anything, but yeah. What What earth is is he from exactly? I really think you're finding your voice for Treble, and you should just stick with it. Treble's a man of the world. He's yeah. just picked up accents everywhere. It's true. I mean, I have traveled all over the world. But I cannot go back to the the house. So if somebody could just get my sword. I mean, I could go back. I'm I'm the biggest. I can carry the most stuff. And, uh, I mean, nobody saw me do any magic, so... Don't you think it'll look a little suspicious if you're walking out with a bunch of, like, swords and boxes and books? I mean, I think the books would be most alarming. That's a good point. I have never carried a book before. You, you you know there are things such as such as a bag or a a sack to put things in, right? You you do know that th- those exist. Yeah, you could take the socks out of your gym bag and put the book in there. I mean that's true. I carry all my tools around when I'm fixing places. I could just throw all, stu- all my stuff in my tool bag. Everyone always thinks it's my tools. The thing is, the more we act suspicious, the more that we're going to look suspicious. I mean, we do need to go back and t- try to go about our lives. Besides Treble, who has literally done who knows what you do with your life. I still don't understand. Also, can I talk to you later about maybe interviewing you for an... Anyway, um, uh, the, the, the thing is, we we probably... The more we act suspicious, like maybe we should hang out here for the night. And then maybe uh, get Ernest somewhere safe. That's not a dirty, dirty, dirty place. Um, and, where people might not find him. Um, and then... Maybe do some looking into this instead of acting very suspicious and hiding. I guess that's true. If we go tonight, there'll probably be a bunch of guys there. So we probably should wait. That's fair. Hey, Mr. Trouble, what, what is this place? Is, oh, are we... Uh, is there some kind of ward on, on the doors? Or um, it, just anything that would keep police out, out of this particular room well there are no wards on doors because that's magic and that can be traced so um it's more small room where if they come in big man can bonk them on the head Uh, all right that's fair i mean i don't really like violence i know vincent has a tendency to do things that way but i i I don't really want to have to hurt is that a way like a key phrase that i can say (laughs) to bring vincent (laughs) d'anafrio out (laughs) 
So Vincent comes out when I get really, really angry. And I, I try not to. It's it's not safe. I mean, there was that, that other time. Um, oh, yes. It's just... The other murder you committed? Oh, oh God. Uh, so... So one time, a friend of mine was getting accosted by the mayor back in my hometown, and uh, and, and Vincent came out, and I don't, I don't know exactly what happened, but uh, apparently uh, the mayor fell off a balcony, and everyone blamed me for it, and so I, I had to flee my home. And so, I, I, you, you're the only people I've ever told about this. Nobody knows. I, I haven't been home since. I'm just trying to find my, my, my place in the world now that I, I can't go home. Vincent has a tendency to make my life miserable. So I, if we could stop Vincent from coming out, I would prefer it. I, I don't want to bonk anybody on the head. But you can bonk somebody on the head without Vincent, yeah? I mean, technically I could, but I, 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 I don't like to be violent. I'm, I'm opposed to violence. So, I mean, if we come up with plan B, maybe put like a, a trap. Have you guys seen that movie Home Alone? <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I keep seeing the posters for that one. I, I No, I've, I've seen the movie Abode by myself, but not Home Alone, so... It, yes. it looks extremely scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the movie where the child is, is home, and he, uh, he, he killed those burglars when they tried to break into his house. I have a lot of uh, uh, for, forest uh, tech, technologies I could uh, make use of. Uh, some, some traps, uh, that, you know, I, I, I know how to set a bear trap that would probably trap a man. You know, as long as we haven't been followed here, I think we're fine. Like, the whole bear trap situation and then a magical trap situation and all of that, I think we all maybe just need to, I, I mean, I'm very high strung as it is right now and I'm very close to hyperventilating, but I think if we all just kind of calm down and just, Wait it out. I think we'll be fine. <laughs> and her ears like fold down and she looks very scared and her tail is like swishing back and forth very fast. It's a very small room so I, I, I think Red is just kind of standing behind her and trying to be out of the way of the tail. This is pretty safe place for us really in general. Bartender won't give us away. I've hid here many times before, so we should be safe for the evening. Uh, no one should have followed us. I look down at base and I kind of make like, you know those noises that cats make, like that chirp when they see birds, like that weird noise. Um, I make that noise at him and then I go over and open the door crack and let him out. And I was telling him to go keep watch. Herman starts doing push-ups in the corner. Sorry, guys, I get nervous. I, I exercise when I get nervous. That's fine. I'm just gonna, and she goes over and she tucks Erst, like the blanket around Ernst, so he's like a little burrito, like a little gnome burrito. As you guys are talking, Talon comes back into the room and he's holding a small radio that he puts on the table and switches it on and he turns to you and says, I think they're talking about you on the news. Oh, no. Oh, God. That that ain't good. That's not, that's not good. Then you hear the following. This is the Bastalone News Service with an emergency special bulletin this night. Earlier this evening, two officers of our fine constabulary 
were involved in an altercation at the Blue Leaf Apartments. Any witnesses to this event are advised to come forward. A reward is being offered by the Chief of Police. We pivot now to the Chief of Police who is making a statement at City Hall. Please hold for Chief of Police, Chinston Molehill. Earlier this evening, in an act of unconscionable violence and suffering, two of our finest officers were slain in the line of duty while attempting to apprehend a dangerous desperado. The reward of 50 gold pieces or a gift certificate to the restaurant of your choice will be offered if any information <laughs> can be sent in regarding this affliction. This has been the Bastalone News Service. I've been Nigel Feathers. Good night and good luck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we gotta get out. Uh, uh, wait a minute, 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 wait, wait. Uh, uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Bartender, sir, uh, for that. Um, uh, could we just have a moment, uh, to talk amongst ourselves again for a second? Oh, of course, no problem there. Oh, th th thank you, um. I gotta get out Trouble, you I killed two guys, too? Uh, we, I... we, we didn't kill a police officer. That wasn't a police officer. He was some person with the with the abbey. He had a he had this this talisman. What do you think the abbey is? They are police officers, but they're just bigger police officers. There was only one of them. We didn't kill two police officers. Well, uh, stuff happened. People, I thought I put them to sleep, but uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Y'all, I, I, I think my commune could probably fit all of us. We we could just go back. I am go, not moving uh, to a to commune! We gotta get out. Um... No, 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 no. Um, she pulls up that notebook that she pulls out of her bra, and she starts looking through the notebook. Red is trying to pace back and forth. If we turn ourselves in, we can get the 50 gold, and then we can use the 50 gold to get out of town. No, I don't, I don't think that's how it works, man. Oh, no? I... Uh, I'm pretty sure we would uh, go go to jail, go to magic jail. Oh God! Oh. Uh, oh, that's right. We can't leave town if we're in jail. That's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, we'll leave that as Plan C then. Kitty is ignoring all of this and poring over that notebook, seeing if there's anything in there that can help their situation. The notebook that you took off of the person. It appears to be a list of notes made regarding various criminal investigations. Uh, you see several lists of names uh, along with case numbers. M and the most recent entry you see is dated that night. So the, w the way that it's formatted, it basically gives you a short, like, two-sentence explanation of what the task is. So in this case, it's apprehend Ernest Thornhart. And uh, the instructions under that, or for that assignment for that evening say that Ernest is to be turned in to the local abbey branch over on the east side of town. I forgot I forgot one thing to go along with that. Uh, it also listed the names of the officers assigned to that case. Okay. And a window of time for the apprehension to take place. So they've got like a day to make it happen, essentially. You can see there that the officers assigned to the case Terrand Lacuna. Officer, and then it has like officer in front of it. So officer Terrand Lacuna, 
Officer Jake Barleski. And then there's another officer, but it has a star next to the to the name. And it says Officer Emil Hicks. Mr. Hicks! Y'all, I'm gonna get arrested and I ain't even wearing pants. One thing where you're not going to get arrested. In this notebook, there's no name of like, if lost, please return to or anything, right? Or the talisman. Probably return to the person who's dead on side of road. Well, but, but I'm trying to figure out that person's name. Thank you very much. At the very beginning, it says property of, and then it lists a precinct, property of precinct 54. And then it's, and then below that, there's another entry for a name, property of Mr. Desmond Harriet. I say we stay here, rest for the evening, and then we listen to radio in the morning and see where we go from here. I think Trevor's right. We should, we should rest. Then we get up in the morning, just a quick two hour workout, go grab some breakfast burritos and then figure out what we want to do. You make me hate my name so much. <laughs> like, just on a personal level. Like, so as an actor, I'm like, fuck you. Because when we have fans, they're going to be like, ha it's Trevor. <laughs> All this hard work I put into my fucking character dismantled by the name Trevor. Oh, it's really extremely good. Do, do y'all have, like, another... Another safe room uh, that has a window. I I'm, I need some fresh air. We probably shouldn't be um, looking out any windows here. or anything. Uh, I, I, I understand um, being caged like this is... is um, I learned that if we just... Uh, even though this room is very dirty and gross, if we just take deep breaths through your nose and out through your mouth, it will be fine. You're right. You're right. Uh, I just need to practice some mindfulness. I'm gonna. I'm gonna center myself. Uh, he like sits down cross-legged on the floor and like just starts meditating. If you need to use toilet, there's pot in the corner. Please, no one use that pot ever. Don't leave. Don't. That pot needs to burn. Don't put. No one go near the pot. Herman starts walking towards the pot, and then here's Kitty, and then awkwardly just turns back as if he wasn't gonna go towards the pot. <laughs> We could just, um, we'll just sit it out through the night. Um, we also should probably wait until Ernest can wake up and talk and figure out why they might have been after him and why we have these items hidden now in our apartments that we should probably get out of that building. Red is just slowly repeating mantras on the ground, like, all that I am right now is all that I need to be. <laughs> Live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> Does anyone have place that we can keep Ernest that's not back of Night Owl? I mean, I, I don't... I mean, there might be somewhere we could hide him uh, at the the Bastalone, um Informer. I mean, there's lots of st- uh, storage space and they never clean out any of the newspapers ever. And it's just a horrible pile of things like that. But Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's a good idea to take wanted person into place that is all about news? I mean, sometimes the best place to hide somewhere thing is right under people's noses. I would suggest the hospital. Yeah, no, the, the I mean, the hospital would be the best part, but um, according to this notebook that I found, uh, there are three officers, including that Mr. Hicks, um, who is supposed to find Ernest and turn him into the local abbey at the east side of town. Um, and... I would rather not have Ernest turned over to the Abbey because I don't know what they'll do to him. 
Red uh, opens his eyes because they've been closed this whole time and goes, uh, Treble, Mr. Treble, do you, um, uh, you seem to deal, um, in sort of, uh, illegal, uh, magical, illicit activities. Is there a, um, a, a, a secret, secret hospital for secret? secret injuries i look at kitty and say i know a place but uh you might not like it very much well i already don't like this place so i trust that i probably won't like the next one yeah that's safe assumption um and i turn and look at herman and say how do you feel about nudity uh oh gosh uh 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 i i mean it's uh, it's okay i guess um, I suppose. Sometimes. You, like, when you take a shower and stuff. Like, I, I get naked some, sometimes. I mean, not all the time, but, like, when I take a shower. The human body is is beautiful uh, in its natural state if everyone is consenting. Uh, whose nudity are we talking about? Yeah, do we have to get naked? Is that part of the plan I'm for some reason? Because I don't, I don't feel comfortable. I'm, I'm not making any promises to anyone here. All right, I'm just telling you there might be nudity where we're about to go. Well, and... well, we don't need to go right now. I mean, I think we should go. We should at least sit out the night here. It's probably best that we go now, while it's still dark out, and while they're probably still open. Um, I mean, okay, if you think that. Uh... We can make it out of here safely um, with a injured man. So I will lead everyone out of the green room and thank Talon for letting us stay here and lead everyone to the Gentleman's Club. The Gentleman's Club in question is called... (laughs) Sorry. Henry's proud of himself for this The suspension is killing me. I am proud of myself. The Gentleman's Club in question is a uh, tiefling-only strip club called Beelzebuts. Dan, you married that person. I did, and I'm proud. Henry out. That was fucking incredible. (laughs) Nailed it. Beelzebuts. (laughs) Beelzebuts. Um, Expect great writing like this and more on future episodes of Dial M for Magic. This club has everything. Tieflings. Butts. Um, butts. <laughs> Tiefling butts. Band posters. Thinly veiled pop culture references. A Russian satyr. Or a satyr from an indeterminate origin as his accent sorts itself out. Anyway... To the strip club. To the strip club. <laughs> to, the stri- to the wall. To the wall. Heels and butts. Next time on Dial M for Magic, we do a crossover with Entourage. <laughs> oh God, no! no. <laughs> oh no! No! Oh God, no! That's it. Podcast's over. I'm done. That's I'm it. Out. It was fun while it lasted. Thanks, Nate. I'm actually out. Thanks. <laughs> of all the things to cross over, what? Uh, not Entourage. Entourage. Okay, uh, you know the name of the place, and uh, Treble, you know how to get there. 
Yeah, so I'll take I'll take obviously the the back route like I always do. So is is going is Ernest still sleeping off his? Yes, okay. we're, we're bringing Ernest with us. Is yeah. the plan? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I pick up Ernest. Um, I think people are gonna notice uh, Ernest. Just wrap so the people are looking for him. Wrap him up in the blanket. Can I? Yeah, we'll wrap him up in the blanket and then I'll cast minor illusion on the blanket to make it just look like you're. It's like like lumpier in places, no! so it doesn't look like a human. It doesn't even have body. to look like that. Look at look at the large man and look at the tiny gnome. It looks like he's holding a baby. That's true. It it could be a Goliath child. Kitty will lock her arm uh, through Herman's arm, and I'd be like, "It's just our child. We are out for a walk. Just act." Natural. Just two people out for a walk with a weird satyr. People are <laughs> this cat. That's out for a walk at two a.m. I'm just picturing Herman carrying Ernest in on his front like a baby Bjorn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Red, very sort of as stealthily as possible, casts Blade Ward on himself before they leave. It just helps me not be damaged if someone attacks me. Gives me resistances. It's a ward from Blades. But but like from Blade, like Wesley Snipes, yeah. like nobody else. <laughs> but it, it is verbal and somatic to cast. So he like waits until everybody else is in front of him and then like very quietly whispers as he like traces these weird little sigils in the air. <laughs> like, I'm uh, not doing magic back here. Do not worry about it. Do not worry about it. This is nothing's happening. We're fine. Okay, so you're stealthily making your way to Beelzebutts. God, that name. No, I, it's I peaked. So good. I peaked. <laughs> I peaked. I peaked for that episode, or for this episode, anyway. It's like you peaked at episode um, three, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I haven't peaked. I've got so much more good stuff in here. But Beelzebutts was definitely a highlight for me. Uh, so you're making your way through the streets. Are you guys trying to be, like, stealthy? Uh, or... As much as we can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So periodically, you will hear the sound of sirens. Um, there's really not much in the way of traffic, so ca- most of the cars you see are parked. But every now and again, as you're going through like an intersection, a car will come through. Um, it's probably about three in the morning, I would say. Eventually, you make your way to this very opulent-looking gentleman's club. It's the only lit-up building on the block. Uh, It has a red carpet rolled out all the way to the edge of the sidewalk. It has two very large uniformed attendants out front who are kind of flanking flanking the entrance. Uh, You see a minotaur and a goliath, both wearing like this very elegant crushed blue velvet tuxedo and just kind of sitting their arms folded out front. And there's a nice big sort of flashing neon sign that says Beelzebuts, a club for gentlemen. So that, and that's the front entrance. So that is what you see. Treble, do you Are have- Are going in the front entrance? No, Treble, or... is there like a back entrance or something? We maybe shouldn't just stroll straight up into the place. I feel like Treble has like performed here only like <laughs> once or twice. Um, Who's coming to a gentleman's club a to ago. see a poet? <laughs> That's why he's only done it once or twice. <laughs> they throw money at you, but only so that you get off the stage. He does very erotic poetry while someone dances behind him. This is not the pussy I asked for! 
Get that cat off the stage! (laughs) 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 Sorry, I had to get it out. So, I don't... So, I would say no. There is no back... I would say he would not know of a back door. This is, like... If this was the night owl, maybe, but, yeah. We'll have to go in the front end. But does he know... He knows that there is, like, a speakeasy hidden inside of this place. He's been to that? Yeah. Yeah, I've been here before. I've never, like, I don't know them well enough where I could just walk on the back and be like, what's up? It's me, Trouble. But it's, like, they do know me here, just more as a customer. As a patron. Okay, so I'll walk up, uh, look at the group and be like, let me go talk to them. And I go and I walk up to the Goliath and the Minotaur. The Minotaur kind of squints his eyes and looks at you and then kind of before you get into like hearing distance you can see them like conversing you can see their lips move and then they turn back to you and the men are like well look who it is treble what are you doing here mate well i was hoping that maybe we could uh go inside i have a friend who needs a safe place to stay oh is that how it is is this going to be another time where you forget to pay your cover charge Listen, last time that I was here, I was told that my food would be free. So that's I, that's what I thought. I told you at the time. I don't know who told you that, but that's completely false. Look, okay, look, well, ma- look mate. Look, mate. Here, you, you slip us a couple gold. We'll get you in the door. I was going to say, could he roll persuasion to convince him that he thought his meal was free? Sure. Yeah. So I'll look at them and be like, gentlemen, really, I promise you, I thought that it was free. I got uh, oh God, a 15. Do you get a plus or anything to that? You're a bard. You got persuasion, right? Well, it was 10 plus. Oh, it was 10? Oh, God. <laughs> 10 plus Ooh. 5. <laughs> I was like, it's got to be better than that. You're a bard. You know, <laughs> mate, uh, normally I wouldn't do this, but you seem like a decent guy. And, uh, you know, those hecklers last time, I'm sure that was just bad luck for you. So uh, call this charity, but we'll let you in. Thank you very much. He nods to the Goliath, who walks over to the door and lifts, like, a very heavy metal bar off of it and then kind of gestures you to go inside. I turn Seems like and a look fire back hazard. at the group <laughs> yeah, right? and kind of wave, wave them over, and I step inside. Do the large men let all of us in? The Minotaur just kind of ushers you in. You can see the door close behind you. Inside, you are met with the sound of pulsing music. So you're in kind of a little lobby area. There's like, there's a front desk, which has the same, has another uniformed attendant, uh, a triton in the same blue, crushed blue velvet tuxedo. And then uh, you can see through an open doorway into the back that the area opens up and that there is a stage upon which there are several forms uh, in various states of gyration and uh, periodically you see or you hear rather gold coins hitting the stage oh i just imagine if like a patron threw a coin too hard and you're just like at your butt and you got a butt bruise from a coin <laughs> the really impressive strippers just catch it between their butt cheeks <laughs> <laughs> So I will, I'm assuming is, I'm assuming that the, there's like this, the strip club portion and then the like magical section is kind of like in the back in like a back room. Is that right? 
to give you an idea, there's the stage area for performers. There's a smaller stage off to the left that's for, like, the music, like, musical acts if they're there, or, like, you, like a poet, or things like that. Uh, there's another, and then the back room where the speakeasy is located is, like, a kind of off of the main bar area. There's a door in the back, and you go through that, and it takes you down a flight of steps, and then to the speakeasy. Is there a guard there that you have to give a password to or something? Uh, yes. There is a large, uh, another Goliath with kind of a top knot who, again, garbed in the blue, is lounging against the bar, but clearly he's there for the speakeasy. Would I know the name of the person who runs the speakeasy? No, not okay. offhand. Um, so I will walk up to the bartender, or to the to the guard with the with the top knot, and I'll say, uh, "We are looking to uh, hang out in the speakeasy for a while. I need to talk to whoever's in charge. Maybe see what we can do for our friend here." You want to hang out in the what, mate? There's no speakeasy here. This is strictly an above-board establishment. Of course, of course. I turn and I look at Kitty. You're probably the only one with gold. Give me. Um, I'm in my nightgown and my robe. I do not have any money on me. Guaranteed we're going to have to give this guy something. What do you guys uh, got? Uh, uh, I literally I'm, am I'm in shoeless in my underwear. Uh, uh, Kitty will walk up to the bartender and in thieves can't ask, is there a place that we can hide somewhere? We've got this man who was hurt by the abbey. I have this rug. <laughs> I can give you this rug. Where did you get a rug? He's wrapped up in a rug, isn't it? <laughs> or is it a blanket? It's a blanket. <laughs> I have a blanket. I have a really right. nice blanket. It's microfiber. The bartender will kind of look at you and then will make eye contact with the Goliath and give him a nod. And he will kind of... He backs up a little bit, kind of clearing the way. Ah, you seem all right. Uh, just stay in the hall. That's where you'll find the washroom. And as he says washroom, he gives you a wink. Uh, Kitty will wink back and say, in Thieves' Camp, thank you. And then to everybody, okay, go, go, let's go, let's go. Go, follow, as go to the washroom. We need to go to the washroom now. As Treble's walking past, I ask, is there... A uh, name for the attendant of the washroom. Oh, the attendant? Uh, let's see. And he pulls a clipboard off the wall. He's like, ah, let me see who's on duty tonight. Uh, looks like it's... Oh, dear. Um, yeah. So, uh, you'll want to avoid the attendant tonight. His name is, uh, Chud Wombly. And, uh, just look for the angry furbog. Can't miss him. Thank you. I will head down after everybody else. I was kind of going down last, so I'll let everybody go fast, and I ask that, and then I'll, I'll walk okay. behind everybody. Can I just ask for flavor? Did anybody look at us weird when we walked into the strip club with a Goliath holding presumably his baby and a woman in her nightgown and a guy in his boxers <laughs> like not really because most of the attention was on uh well, the performers 
It's a Saturday, so they have the good performers out. Yeah, it's not like a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> you couldn't sneak through a strip club on a Tuesday that's afternoon. A, that's not. That's not, that's the kind of shit you can't unsee. <laughs> Uh, at the bottom is another attendant, and he doesn't even really make eye contact with you. He just opens the door and ushers you through. Inside, uh, you find it's sort of a mixture of bar and hospital, which is oh. a terrible mixture, if you think about it. Or a great one, because if you're worried. I can think about it as Arrested Development I'll, when Lucille's like... the hospital bar. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of horrible place is this? <laughs> no wonder people hate hospitals. Um, you, there's a little, bit, a little bar, like maybe four feet to, in total, off to the side, which has an attendant behind it. Uh, you see in the distance, there's kind of like those little cloth separators that they would put in hospital rooms. So like the little metal and then metal frame with like white cloth or white paper over it. Uh, to kind of divide out rooms, and you can see that there are some beds. Um, One interesting thing about this room is that it's lit entirely by glowing mushrooms, so there are little alcoves along the wall uh, that these mushrooms are placed in. So the whole whole room has kind of a greenish-blue glow to it. Herman walks over to the bar and asks the bartender, Hey, do you guys sell protein shakes here? Um... You know what, mate? Uh, I sell protein. I could shake it around, but I don't know what they what that's gonna do for you. What kind of protein? I mean, I'll I'll settle for any kind of protein, really. Well, uh, you know, it's a funny thing. I think tonight we've got some uh, beef. I can shake, I can shake the beef if you want. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> the podcast we is are, taking a turn. We are in a strip club. <laughs> shake that beef. Um, so I don't have any money for said beef, but I do have a very nice blanket. If you're uh, interested, uh, maybe we should get Ernest some help before you order some beef. All right. Okay. I'll be back. No walk away from the bar. <laughs> Not to worry. I can prepare the beef shake and all stirred. So as you're sitting there conversing with the bartender, uh, an elf walks up, and the elf has a cane and a set of small crystalline spectacles. Well, what do you guys want? And then he looks at Ernest and is like, oh, never mind. Uh, take bed number two. And he, like, points over his shoulder, and you can see that there's, like, little number cards hanging above each of these, so that there's eight in total. And uh, if you walk over there, there's like a kind of a makeshift gurney, but it's like clearly a drink cart that has been retrofitted to be a stretcher. But you can see it's got like a little bit, little bit of padding, almost like a little mattress quality to it. There's a like a bookshelf, but and it's got some different medicine components on it. You see like a mortar and pestle, several glass containers with different colors of fluid in them. Uh, you also see laid out on a white cloth some surgical tools and then rolls of bandages. Okay, so Herman goes and sets uh, Ernest down on the table. The the old elf with glasses. Yes. Can I lean in to talk privately to him real quick? Or is that not a thing that we can do in this situation? Uh, you can. Uh, the elf is currently scratching notes onto a clipboard. Red leans in and goes, uh, um, are, you wouldn't happen to be affiliated with the, uh, um, sort of an- anti- 
prohibition groups? He appears to take no notice of you at first. And then he calls over to the bartender. Those enchanting ingredients. Uh, we need a new shipment of those real quick. And then he turns to you and he's like, um, I'm sorry, what'd you um, say? I, I, I'm, I'm looking for... Uh, Spit it out, kid. I don't have all day. Sylvia. Uh, she, she's got blue hair. She's half elf, about, about my age. Uh, is she one of the girls upstairs? I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Actually, uh, could, could be. Uh, could be, could be. Tell you what. Uh, let me, let me do a proper think about it, and I'll get back to you. Thank you, sir. He, uh, like awkwardly steps away. Treble, what are you doing uh, while this is going on? So at this point, yeah, so Herman would have put the gnome on the bed, so I would probably be standing, like, looking like looking at the bed, but kind of standing further away at the distance, kind of, like, in the middle of the room, but kind of, like, half looking at the gnome and kind of half looking around. You hear the sound of, of a familiar voice coming from around the corner, and you hear, Wait a minute. I know that smell. I'd know that smell anywhere. And a short figure, wearing a trench coat, comes around the corner. Grendelsbane. Did you say Grendelpane? I have a <laughs> crotch fit exercise that should fix that for you. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Dial M for Magic. Today's cast was Jordan Fugit as Treble, Nathan Pierce as Herman Cranberry, Bobby K. Kuffner as Kitty Bradley, Danielle Rogland as Red, and our esteemed dungeon master was Henry Rogland. All of our artwork was done by Ashley Meisner Terran, and our intro song was done by Alex Hills. If you've been enjoying what we've been doing, please give us a follow on Twitter at M4MagicCast, or on Instagram at dial underscore M underscore podcast. We're running a special right now where if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll allow you to name a person, a place, or an item in our Dial M for Magic universe. So if you feel like you'd like to join Red, Herman, Treble, and Kitty on their adventures, please leave us a review. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. We have a new episode coming at you July 22nd, keeping up with our two-week schedule. We hope to see you then.